Hello guys, welcome back to Gym YA. This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is Ingrid. So we've changed up our routine a little bit since last time we talked to you, and today we are going to just discuss um, Graceling, and we're actually only going to make it through Graceling in our series. So um, we really did that to just cut down and focus on the material in Graceling instead of trying to fit all of it into our podcast. And what that means is that instead of going through four different episodes, two on Graceling and two on Fire, 30 minutes each, we are going to do two hour-long segments, including this one, and then a short 30-minute conclusion instead. And it means less reading for y'all. Less reading, but I still highly recommend Fire because it is a companion to this book, and if you can read the last book, Bitter Blue, too, it's an amazing series. You can still send us questions about Fire even after. We'll try to answer those via email. All right, so today we're going to get started on the first half of Graceling. First, we wanted to talk about this intro with Katza. So what do we think of how we meet her? Well, she's obviously, immediately we know that she's incredibly strong. She is not what we expect from the female heroine. And, I mean, she's kicking butt. She's taking down all of these soldiers with just short little kicks and punches. And she is so, like, ferocious that we're almost... I'm almost scared of her at first. I'm like, who is this protagonist? She seems wild, like not a hero. Yeah, she does immediately come across as, like, a wild person. Like, not... Like a dangerous person. Exactly. Dangerous, but, like, a little... Uh, yeah, kind of almost like an animal. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of offset, though, yeah. when she doesn't try to kill anyone. Yeah, um, when I first started reading, I thought Katza was going to be the villain just because it was so easy to picture her creeping down the stairs and knocking out every soldier that she... Yeah, me too. I totally thought, like, this person is obviously not going to be the hero. As violent as she was. Yeah, because she knocked out every soldier that she encountered. Our first indication that she is going to be the protagonist is her inner monologue about how she doesn't really want to hurt these people. She's so careful with her movements and so controlled. And that's, I think, I feel the first sign to the reader that she's going to be the protagonist rather than the villain or just some random thug that we would see in this scenario. We see her immediately as a confusing character because we see her acting in a violent way, but also we get her inner monologue, which is seems anti-violence. She's very pa- like she's not. I wouldn't say passive, but she's a pacifist in her head. But outwardly, she's knocking people out and fighting and using her body as a weapon. Of course, we learn more about why that is later on as we move through this first half, but. Right at the beginning, it seems really strange. Or at least it did to me. And as we move throughout the very beginning of the story, I feel like we learn more and more about Katza's personality in particular. We, um, her, on our journey back to the castle, we kind of get this inner list of like who she is as a person. We know she's strong. We know she's mm-hmm. ferocious. But what else do we learn about her? Um, well, we start to see her relationships with others. 
in the way that she behaves with them. We also, um, with this, the first man that she, the mysterious man that she fights right at the beginning, um, we see her acting in a very benevolent way, even though she could have, like, We also him. see some sass, too, though, which was really <laughs> interesting. She feels, she sees his arrogance because he doesn't come at her, and he expects her not to hurt him. And it's almost, she almost gets, like, pleasure from the surprise look in his eyes. So we know that while she is kind of, she doesn't like to fight, she doesn't like to be underestimated. I feel like she enjoys the conflict, but she doesn't enjoy the violence. That's like, a, yeah, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. Um, the first person that we see uh, beyond Katza is uh, her companions on this trip that she's on, on this mission. Um, we see all who we find out is the king's spymaster. And he's a mysterious character to me. He's kind of like a very cool father figure almost. Like he's the only older man who's not evil. I, I feel like he walks the line between being like the classic fantasy older like wizard kind of character almost, like who counsels I can and guides, see that. but he kind of he doesn't quite make it there. He's Katz's companion on the council. He's the first one that she went to when she proposed the council. And so he's he's definitely dangerous. I mean, he's a spy master. He's the king's right-hand man and yet he's also this really benevolent like fatherly moral character yeah. in Katz's life. It's almost like Katz aspires to be like him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we don't see him do that much throughout the book like at least in the first half. I feel like um, we don't see him use his full potential. We know that he has all this talent, but we don't see him actually do that much. We mostly hear Katza describe him. Yeah. Um, in her encounters with, uh, when she's describing how she set up the council, when she's describing that process, that's m- mostly the um, the only things we get to hear about all. We hear much more about Giddon. And yes, no wonder he's he's very he's an interesting character. He is um, the way Katza intera- interacts with him. It's kind of like a brother sister vibe. I got not according to Giddon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what how Katza sees <laughs> but that's him. That's how Katza sees him, and I got that too when I first read the book. Now, is Giddon related to her in any way? I was a little confused. No, he's not related to her in any way. Um, the only one who's related to her is Raffin and Randa. Okay. Giddon mm-hmm. is just another lord. But he definitely has a thing for her, as is pretty obvious with his rejected proposal, which was... I found it kind of hilarious. I know that's <laughs> terrible. Well, he's such an obnoxious character. He is, and, he, like, I would say no to that proposal, too, the way he proposed. Well, I mean, he's expecting things of... He doesn't actually love who Katza is, and that makes Katza so angry. He wants her to be this kind of stereotypical person that he thinks is buried deep within her, but it's not. <laughs> she's not ever going to be a lady. Yeah. And she's okay with that. She's completely fine with that, but he seems to think that there is some kind of very ultra-feminine archetype just in her somewhere that's not there. And I think Christian Kishore is playing off of this um, cliche that 
older women have is like these women who are like, oh, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. But when they get older, they're like, oh, yeah, I found the one. And they get married, and then they eventually want kids. And then they come back at you when you're young and, and say, they, oh, oh well, you're I, eventually going to want to. And I told you so. <laughs> and so, but Kat's a, she's created she's really not to going be to. independent and never want marriage or kids but Gideon's like yeah you're gonna want it I told you I'm gonna be like I told you so I feel like he's so verbally abusive to her yeah and he's so condescending she's such a strong person but he seems to think he's almost like a puppy goading a lion he's (laughs) kind of he's he's teasing her and he's making her feel horrible about herself and in places like when they're in the inn together and she talks to that little girl and at the same time that he's trying to help her, he says really mean things to her. All throughout the whole trip, he's like, he's trying to be like the edgy guy, I feel like, mm-hmm. who's a little bit rude but like flirtatiously it's and instead kinda, he just comes across as an asshole. It's kind of like in first grade when you picked on your crush to tell them that you liked them, but yeah. these are adults. Yeah. So it's a little odd. This might be a weird comparison, but he kind of reminded me of like a um from Pride and Prejudice, a really like version of um Mr. Darcy just gone wrong. I can definitely <laughs> see terribly it. wrong. <laughs> He's like he is like he's looking for his Elizabeth, but Elizabeth's not there. He's yeah. expecting her to be that kind of person, and it's just not happening. Yeah. But I I feel kind of bad. Like at the same time that I do not like him as a character, I feel like he is just expecting. So he he I really do think he likes her. I don't know. I feel like he I'm conflicted about him. He isn't expecting yeah. too much. He just. Wants her to be a different person than what she is, I feel like. He can't yeah. really understand. He's not a Graceling. He's yeah. not. Yeah. And every other woman in his life, I mean, doubtless right. does act like this, does want children, does want to get married. So, and she's just completely rejecting that. She's completely unique. So he has no frame of reference to, like, hold her in his mind. And you... And He's you, still an asshole, but... Right, and you want to feel sympathetic for him because... No one really has an understanding of what her grace is. Katza doesn't really even have a clear understanding of what her grace is at this point in the book. Um, Because as they explain, like, as they grow older, they still learn about their grace. And Katza has been training for years, and even she still sometimes can't control her grace, and she lashes out. Yeah. Um, As we can see when she punches Poe in the face (laughs) when she's angry. Poor Poe. Yeah, poor Poe. But I feel like after Giddon, we really need to talk about um, Raffin. Because I feel like Raffin is a really interesting character. He's like, to me, he's like the real brother character. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, they are cousins, they're related, and he's so just overwhelmingly supportive, and he's constantly there for her. He just feels like that, like younger brother who's like also wise and he's really yeah. quirky he has yeah. he has the blue hair going on when we first see him oh yeah <laughs> and experiment like gone wrong yeah. yeah he's just he's like the perfect uh compare and contrast with Katz like Katz is always so serious and then she has his best friend who's Raffin who is not serious he's completely <laughs> flippant about everything I mean he's the king's son but he's turning his hair blue and experimenting with potions and things. It's also funny that, like, I feel like she almost displaces him as, because she's the king's 
like pride kind of right hand woman whatever yeah and then he's just kind of running around acting crazy and they're polar opposites i mean katz is the fighter but raffin makes medicines so she's the killer and she's he's the healer oh yeah which is really interesting to think about i didn't even make that connection and yet they still fit perfectly together and raffin is just he's the only one i feel that doesn't ask anything of Katza. Even Poe, to a certain extent, asks things of her, but Raffin's just content for Katza to be Katza, and he's always there for her. I feel like he's the only character that we see initially that actually knows her at all. He actually yeah. seems to, Even like, her maid, who really seems understand. to know her a little and, like, actually cares for her, in, in all and get in, none of them really know her that well. What Raffin right. does, he understands her. I feel like yeah. the maid kind of plays a almost mother figure, only the mother who doesn't understand her daughter. Right, because... at the same time that she doesn't understand, she's not like Randa, who mm-hmm. wants to control her. She doesn't understand her, but she's content with where she, like who she is, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Yeah. But still, she casts, oh, be a proper lady, um, wear dresses, be beautiful upon Katza, and that's not Katza. Yeah. I feel like Katza enjoys the attention. I'm not sure she enjoys the, the, the dresses. She obviously doesn't enjoy the dresses. But I feel like she does benefit from some kind of, even if it's misplaced and kind of not what she'd want, I think she enjoys the attention because she never had a mother or a mother figure or anyone who could act in that capacity. I feel like she enjoys the attention of the, of the maid, but not the getting dressed up and dolled up. I feel like that was not really in her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is she the whole like fountain scene. Where but then she's again, Helda is acting on her behalf because if she did show up to court the way she wanted to be dressed, her uncle probably wouldn't have reacted that well. Yeah, he yeah. already treats her like absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. But if she showed up to a fancy dinner and a dirt-stained pair of leggings and a tunic then it, I think it would have made things worse. So in a way, mm-hmm. she's acting on behalf of Katza when she can't do it herself. Yeah. She doesn't have right. it in her to beautify herself. Right. But because it needs to happen, she kind of bullies her into it. It's almost not... It's like what a normal mother does. You don't want to mm-hmm. like wear the nice clothes at school. You just want to wear the tutu and have no shoes on, but your mom yeah. makes you also, wear shoes in public. I also <laughs> feel like sometimes it's in your interest to be forced out of your comfort zone just a, a little bit, even though so maybe too. she doesn't adopt that. She does have the opportunity to um, try being the grand lady in the fancy dress. Yeah. And for a second, she does feel beautiful when she looks in the mirror. I feel like Giddin and Helda both try to do the same thing. Giddens try to force her out of her comfort zone in like really bad ways. He wants her to. He he wants her to become someone she's not. Helda just wants her to look for a few hours like someone she's not. So for her own good. Yeah. But for Giddin, it's that difference. Selfish. Helda wants Katza to be who she is. While wearing a dress and maybe get a husband on the side. <laughs> I feel like that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I think Randa is just... I think he's he's who I feel we all probably thought was the original villain. Yes. Yeah. Because we didn't yeah. know anything about what was happening, and the only person we could see that was just the m- most horrible person was yeah. Randa. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, like, how could you send a little girl out to go do your dirty work for you? Well, the way he uses her 
just and when we see her flashbacks, the way that she's treated after that one violent act, everyone's like, "You're which a was an accident." <laughs> and to then be fair, that would her. be quite shocking. Someone, little girl, just <laughs> randomly murdering this person. But where do you go from there to let's use this little girl as a tool? That's exactly. very true. I'm not saying he's an awesome person, but that would be pretty <laughs> shocking still. <laughs> but I feel like he's completely opposite from his son. He's, I feel like he is. Uh, I feel like Katza is the son <laughs> to Randa that. He like wants, like, Katza is the son. What Raffin would have been. That Raffin would have been. That yeah. Do you think that's because she just popped up, or do you think that um, Raffin just didn't have that potential to be that? I feel like he would have cherished her. If, I feel like if he actually saw her as family, he would have. Cared for her cared a lot for more. Her more. But because I mean in this in this kingdom, Gracelings are immediately the property of the, the ruler. So I feel like when you become a Graceling, you're immediately not a person and therefore not family. Well he doesn't see her as a human. I mean, he's just like, do this task. I think he probably definitely tool. sees aspects in her char- in her character and her personality that he wishes his son embodied. But I feel like if he really saw her as family at all, he wouldn't have treated. He wouldn't be such an asshole. Yeah. Um. So, can we talk about Poe now? I think we should definitely talk about Poe. He's he's the most interesting character besides Katza. Yeah, I um, think he's my favorite character. Me too. (laughs) He's okay. In a way, he kind of gets on my nerves because he's that character who's like. Too perfect. Almost too mysterious, just like yeah. say it out loud. There's too many just like knowing silences. Yeah. You just like say it. <laughs> yes. like, what, you, what is this? The eye contact that is constantly happening between him and Yes, her. I feel like in some ways this book begins, like starts out with Poe being this very stereotypical like love interest. Like their eyes met knowingly and she couldn't move her eyes away from his eyes, and then his eyes sparkled or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's accurate, yes. And so, but I feel like he also immediately breaks with that because he's not, he's, I mean, he's not pretentious. Like, he comes well, into her court automatically knowing that she owes her and her organization for saving his grandfather's life. And so he kind of just sticks around because he's interested in her, but not in, like, a pushy way. Yeah. He just wants to be your friend. Well, and then they they have their little fights, and honestly, what good relationship doesn't start with a little bit of fighting? <laughs> yeah, and he, the way he, he the way he fights is that he, he fights with her in practice, but he absolutely refuses to engage with her in anger, which is very interesting in comparison to how Randa deals with her. I love yeah. that part when um, yeah. he's like. I can't remember exactly what happened, but she starts fighting out of, like, rage, and then... And he just lets it happen. He lets <laughs> her punch him with almost all of her strength. She manages to pull back just a little, but he still... Yeah. I think isn't his jaw dislocated or something? He's I he's so. very... He's not okay. Yeah. yeah. 
has and to be painful. He still is like, we aren't going to fight out of anger, but he's not. he doesn't treat her in a different way because of her He's violence. not angry about it. Yeah. It's no. weird. He's... He's just, he's almost That's why too I perfect. Because he's so wise. Yeah. I guess, like, being be able to read other people's minds and, like, their emotions and things. He's would. not a mind reader. He is a mind reader. He's not a mind reader. He can read your mind. He's yeah. a mind reader. I mean, essentially. Did we get that far in the first half? Yes, we yes. did. <laughs> I was just making sure. I didn't want to spoil anything. We find out he can read people's minds. No. Um,. Why do y'all think that she responds so strongly to mind reading? It takes away her agency. She's so constantly in control of herself uh-huh. that I feel like... And, but then again, she's in control of herself, but Randa is in control of her body. He can make her move like a puppet wherever he wants her to move. And so her mind is her only safe place. So that's her one... That's what she has control of, and then he's taking that away yes and she it's not just him she hates all mind readers yeah she when she goes to that uh foreign um noble's court and (laughs) that's funny (laughs) she and this girl's this girl comes close to her and she knows she's a mind reader and she (laughs) just scares her away and she automatically (laughs) sends so much loathing in her direction that was so great (laughs) it was terrible so scared that she's just (laughs) she just ran away screaming That was funny. Wouldn't want to be a mind reader around her. No, I would not. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to be a mind reader in general, like especially with this generation. Like thinking like what they I don't yeah. think Poe likes to be in people's minds as much as he is either. He I feel like he's okay with being able to sense people's bodies. Yeah. Because I feel like we really need to like define like we can define Katza more. She's obviously doesn't feel a lot of pain. She's tireless. She's ferocious. She can fight very well. She's incredibly in control uh-huh. of herself, except with, with her temper sometimes. Hates but to lose po, control. Poe is a little diff, more difficult to pin down. He can sense other people's movements wherever they are, and he can sense, um, he can, whenever their minds turn to him, he can hear their thoughts. Which with Katza is often. So. Yes. <laughs> so, and even his, like, short explanation she's not happy with because it's still a form of manipulation. That's why I think what you just said is why I think Post not a mind reader. Because it only has to do with him and the other Gracelings who are mind readers can read their thoughts no matter what it's about. Well, the other girl could only really read emotions, but she was still considered a mind reader. I feel like we could probably just put him in a category of mind readers and say it was conditional. It's more of, like, a sensing thing than a, like, actually hearing thoughts, I guess. Well, he says he can hear them. He can hear, like, distinct words very clearly. Okay. So he... But it's only when they're even around him. So say someone turned and looked at him saw he was wearing a certain color clothing and they and they thought in like specific words he would be able to like say those specific words yeah which is why um during the revelation when Gideon try like proposes to Katza she recognizes that he's a mind reader because he said Gideon says the exact words yeah. that Poe had recalled earlier that he was That's I think it was no draw. better than a thief or something like that uh-huh. for um, interacting with Katza. Yeah. So I feel like he is, I feel like this 
universe has many definitions for a mind reader. Yeah. The, we have someone who can just read emotions, like the girl who casts a terrifies. Uh-huh. And we have Poe who can only do it when, when it was, you know, in accordance with, like, yeah. him. Well, yeah. It's interesting that Poe is sort of her, like, arch nemesis in a way. He could be. He could definitely be her he's, arch nemesis. He could so <laughs> easily be evil. He's the main thing that she doesn't want to deal with is a mind reader. And then that's what, that ends up being her so far, her best friend, pretty much. Yeah. Paired with the fact that he's almost good enough to beat her. Yes. So that's yeah. terrifying. Yes. And that takes, I feel like, the fact that she overcame her anger at him. It um, took her a good minute. It took it did, her getting it kicked out of Randa's castle. It did. That's for true. Them, to pull them together. And even then, she's angry with him for, like, a good minute. Yeah. Well, okay, I was so surprised, just changing the subject a little bit here, that... Rand, that the whole scene with Randa happens so early in the book because I thought that he was going to be the main villain in this piece and I was expecting that to drag on and now I'm, I'm wondering what is what where are they like what is happening what's going to be the main conflict it kind of makes you nervous because you were kind mm-hmm. of building up in your mind this whole conflict with Randa and then by I think it's only like a third of the way in. She's yeah. suddenly away from him, and you're like, oh my goodness, who? what is the conflict of this book? And even though we get through the last half all the way up to chapter 21, we don't really know for certain what the main plot is. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. mostly just getting character background and motivation. Yeah. And yeah. a little bit of, like, minor conflict with Randa. I mean, yeah. if you can yeah. call that minor. Well, okay, that, was, that scene was... Intense, and I it was loved super it. Super intense. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Like, even though it wasn't that far in that it happened, you the the whole first, I guess, like third of the book, it sets you up to have Randa built up in your mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you then think he's when be this she, huge and obstacle. then when she like speaks that little monologue where she lists all the like people she would kill like one by one if they tried to attack her Mm -hmm. that was intense it gave me shivers (laughs) and she's like i could kill you right now but i'm not going to and you can tell the king is absolutely terrified because she has not this is the first time that she has ever said anything against him through all of her lifetime when he's been using her as a weapon she's just said yes and just done it. It's not even been a question. She's just done what he wants her to do. Well, also, in that scene, it was interesting that Poe was sort of involved as far as, like, before that she was going to just kill him or she was thinking about killing Randa. It was Poe's high expectations of her that stopped. That was really interesting to me. Even just the fact that, to me, that's, like, a really good sign in a relationship that he was able to, even just as a friend hold her to a standard and that made her step up to that standard would you call poe katha's conscience to a certain degree i thought about that almost the entire way through the first half was i was just thinking about it's weird that i don't know she doesn't seem to do that much to fight back against randa until he shows up i could agree with that because he remind basically tells her if you just go ahead and kill him, you're basically going to be that killing machine that he tells you that you are, but you're not. I feel like he was maybe less her conscious and more um, just threw in that confusion of 
you need to think more about this. You can't just do the, like, the thing that your anger want, makes you want to do here. So if she was Randa's puppet, he was the one that convinced her that she could walk without the strings, sort of? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like how you put that. Yeah. Yeah. I he cut her free, I guess. <laughs> he definitely did. But I think actually I think she cut herself free. Yes. Because although he yeah. did make it to where she didn't want to kill Randa, I feel like she would have eventually broken free, even if it was yeah. far mm-hmm. more violent and destructive than necessary. Well, I think yeah. it was more she would have either way she was gonna go free. When she went in that room, she wasn't gonna leave, you know, doing his bidding still, but he helped her to think about how she was going to do that in a way that made her make a better choice that she could live with. I feel like he made her realize that she did have, while she didn't used to have a choice in what she did, she had. She does have choices. She does have agency. She can choose not to be an animal. I feel like before she just said, oh, I can't control myself. Oh, this is just inevitable. I'm yeah. going to end up killing him. But she, but he kind of breaks into that and says, no, you can make the decision to lash out or you can make the decision to with like hold in your emotions and act like a person. Yeah. He's like that wise guider person. <laughs> I feel like it almost made me a little less enthused about his character just because throughout this you're kind of thinking oh she's so she's like this this awesome empowered woman but she Uh still needs the guy to tell her that she's worth it i i don't think it's like the guy telling the girl she's worth it i think it's just a friend telling a friend hey you're better than this just think a little clearly so, Ingrid, do you think that it's weak then to need someone? I don't think that to it's give you that push. Weak. I just think I'm just thinking about how this book does break with like what we usually see in in our like our fem- classic female heroines and how it does still sort of fit into that traditional storyline. Yeah. We still and even though she may she's still an empowered woman, she's still awesome and her lying on Poe doesn't make her any less awesome. I feel like it does kind of fall into that same category where before the before Poe came in, there was no catalyst for change. There's a little bit of, like, a tiny bit of damsel in distress going on there. Just a bit. Emotionally. Definitely not physically yeah. because he can still mm-hmm. she can still tie him into knots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, while we're talking about Poe, um, this is a little farther along in the book after she leaves, but the whole part where she where they're traveling together and she starts cutting out cutting him out of her thoughts that was really interesting to me because now we're we are also not seeing her thoughts as she does that that's true so it's almost like poe is the only way that we can examine katza because we don't see her before the scene where she meets him exactly she doesn't those thoughts don't exist because she's cutting them out so no one is seeing them and we're in the same place he is, not knowing what she's really thinking. Does that problematize the fact that Katz is the main character then? If Poe is the main focus? To me, since we came in with where Poe shows up, it almost makes it feel like he's the main character. And, and that she's only there to like frame him for us? A little bit, yes. I, I mean, I don't know how that'll pan out in the second half of the book, but right now he does, he is starting to become more of a central character, I feel like. 
I can see that. I, I can definitely see that. Maybe we'll see something different in the second half. But for now, it seems like Katza and Poe both frame each other. Like, Katza yeah. introduces, like, we're introduced to Katza as we're first introduced to Poe. And we can see him through her eyes, but she also doesn't, like, when, if it isn't because of, like, if she isn't cutting herself off. It's almost like we're reading the book as Poe would read it. We're not seeing his thoughts, but we are seeing everything that he would see, basically. Yes. So it's kind of weird to me. It was, it's an odd way. I don't know if that was on purpose, but... And it's definitely a little continue. bit of a confusing of a viewpoint because you're trying to figure out who am I supposed to be focusing on? Am yes. I focusing on Katza? Is it Poe? Are they equal partners in this? Who is really like the protagonist or do we have multiple? Yeah. Yeah, but for sure. For now, it seems like they're almost equal. I mean, it just, at first, you think it's pretty much just going to be solely Katza. Yeah. Especially since. For a short period of time, you're just getting her backstory. Yeah. But then as Poe gets more and more time in the book, you kind of see that it's him being focused yeah. on, too. Although he does still feel like a mysterious character. Yes. We don't feel like we know him that well. At least when I read it, I felt like he's still kind of distant, even though he comes across as perfect, and to me at least, in a lot of ways. But he is still kind of, you don't really know who he is. Except for that he's kind of good with everything. Well, and after he reveals what his grace really is, I feel like we definitely get to know him better, but at the same time, all we know now is that his grace is more than just fighting. Yeah. And he's had to hide it his entire life. So that makes him even more mysterious because we know that he is a very accomplished liar. Yes. Well, his grace isn't even really fighting. It's just sensing being able to sense and movements and and reading their thoughts if they're about him that's true he just was a very also a naturally like talented fighter like all of his brothers were online so so yeah we we meet we hear a little bit about the family but we don't know like Mm -hmm. maybe i just missed it but i don't remember any backstory of what was his life like other than it really family. didn't mention it very much. Well, they mentioned his family a couple of times, but there's not really... Well, he's the youngest of his family. He doesn't really care much about the estate he's getting. Yeah. Did you tell uh, us He wants to travel. He, I mean, he's gaga over Katza. It's clear. Obviously. Um, <laughs> but I... Except I, to Katza, because Katza doesn't seem to know it. <laughs> uh, well, she didn't know about getting either, She's so... She's too busy censoring her <laughs> That was even more obvious. Yes. Like, Poe at least oh gosh, kept yeah. it a little bit to himself, even yeah. as he was, like, in constant physical contact with her fighting. Um, but getting just out there. But back to the point of if Poe becomes a protagonist or not, with, along with Katza, I think he does because um, it's kind of like in the movies, you know, where you start off with one main protagonist um, and you get their backstory and then they start their journey and, you know, you have another like another character come along and yeah. come alongside them and you don't really get their backstory, but all of a sudden, like, they're there. They're the, the new, you're, the, yeah, they're the new companion sidekick. Yeah. And you don't really get much backstory on them, but all of a sudden they're two peas in a pod just going on this journey together. Um, and I don't know whether or not it was on purpose that we get less of cat 
Lawrence's thoughts on Poe. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that's really interesting that you point that out because um, I didn't notice that when I read that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's cool that Katza, like when she realized that to keep her agency, she trained herself not to think of Poe mm-hmm. when she learned that oh, yeah, for he sure. could. And she also practices what contact she does have with him because she practices speaking in very clear, concise words and how she can communicate with him. Um, are there any other characters that y'all thought were pretty interesting? I, I don't remember. We could talk about... Actually, I don't think we got to that scene yet, so I won't I won't spoil anything. Let's move on a little bit to the plot itself and where... We, we talk about the characters, but let's talk about where the, where the characters are. Like, what kind of okay. universe is this? It's obviously not on our contemporary or past uh-huh. Earth. So... I, w- I might be a little confused about this. It's all just one big chunk of land, right? It's all just one big chunk of land, except for Lionid, which is on an island. Okay. Okay. And then it's all very, like, direction-based. So we have Nander in the north, Sunder in the south, Wester in the west, and uh, Estill in the east. And then we have Monsi just, like, tagged on like a tick on the, <laughs> to the southeast. Just hanging off there. And then there's the Midlands as well, right? In the Midlands. This is okay. in, the, in the middle. <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> um, <laughs> by their dress and, like, the events that they host, would you say this is, like, a medieval, like, does it take place in the past? Or it, I is mean, it just, like... I'm not sure if we need to read it as, like, the past, but it's definitely like, in maybe... Or just because it's fantasy, they wear, like, old-fashioned kind of, kind of clothing. Well, I think their technology is very... Um, like basic at this point they don't mm-hmm. seem to have okay. a lot so their clothing would probably be okay. pretty coarse and because whenever i re- whenever i personally read fantasy i always picture it in like medieval times oh I, me too i just <laughs> i think it's definitely trying to like get elements from that because obviously we have kings in all yeah. of these kingdoms right there's no republics or democracies yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. tunics there's yeah daggers their swords no guns there's or hunting modern transportation and these are pretty peaceful kingdoms right to to a certain point Lionid and monsi are undoubtedly the most um they're the most peaceful according to what she's saying the kings of all like the middle kingdoms like midlands nander sunder western is still they get in little border skirmishes and the kings aren't that nice. Like according to Katza, Randa is actually the fairest king of any of them, except for in Monsi and Lynid. And he has a child who basically kills people for him. So yeah, that's not high praise. Mm. So I mean, according that, that's what she says though. Except so for there's that one king who everybody speaks highly of, right? That's Lek, and okay. and and in um. And the king of Lynid is also just sort of passive. Like, he doesn't get... He's more of, like, the trade king. He trades to all of them, and so he doesn't get involved. And that's Poe's dad? Yeah, that's that's Poe's dad. And then Lek is the one in Monsi who we don't really know much about, but we know he's very... Well, he's said to be very nice and awesome. Why is he said to be nice and awesome? Like, what is he, he praised for? Everyone just constantly talks about him helping puppies and kittens and, like, dead, like, injured wild animals. 
What like, about children? Yeah, it doesn't help children too. Yeah, that's what he says. That. Did we get to that point? point we got to the, the point yeah. where we're right we're at this point. We are right after they have met those men, and the men are like, "Yes, he has a clinic where small children take care of small injured animals, and the children are also maybe injured." Like it's weird. It's this very surreal situation that you're listening to, and you're going like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> well, and Poe, he seemed to question it. Yeah. If I recall, he was like, he was kind of wondering why are all these animals there mm-hmm. injured or. Yeah, Poe, so even I'm before these men visit, is, is very like suspicious because he yeah. hears this account of his, I think it's his sister or his aunt. His aunt. His, his aunt, aunt who's yeah. the queen of Monsi. And he hears that how she locked herself and her daughter in her room when she's usually this very stoic, yeah. you know, n- unemotional person. And so he becomes very suspicious. Because yeah. on Lined, we've he's already kind of revealed that they're sort of close. Yeah. And so he knows her very well, and he she would not do that. So that's immediately when he is, begins to think, okay, maybe it's Lined. And that's pretty much, well, not Lined. It must be Monsi because that's the only place he's visited. So He hasn't visited so far because yeah. he didn't think he needed to. Because yeah. it's the great benevolent king with the sick puppies he take care, yeah. takes care of. Because Poe, his mission right now, mm-hmm. he's traveling between the kingdoms looking for his grandfather, right? right. Well, he's found yeah. his grandfather. What he's trying to find out is who commissioned the mm-hmm. kidnapping of his grandfather and for what purpose. Why yeah. would you kidnap a, an old man who's not in line for the throne? Yeah. And, like, what, what's happening here? Yeah. Because he knows that the king of, I think it's Wester, was the one that was holding him. Yeah. But he knows from, like, from interactions with him that they weren't the ones that had the idea for it. And so he's trying to figure out who on earth is, wants to take on a sick, frail old man. Yeah. Right. And doesn't Poe also question why this nice, benevolent king would have cages upon cages of... Hurt and injured animals. Yeah, he brings it like up to Katza. I feel like he is that before or after they visit. Like the men visit them in the end, though. That's I, after. Is it um, after? Yeah, okay. because it's the men right after, who start to like. It's they've heard like you know rumors of him having clinics for different sick things, but right. it's not really focused upon until the men come in and they're so convinced and yet unconvinced because um, Poe says that they are both believing what they say but lying. Yeah. So yeah. that's like that's immediately like, oh, Leck is kinda like what's happening? Who is this Leck person? What is he doing to somehow like propagate these rumors and and like yeah. you know yeah. all this weird stuff about mm-hmm. him? Mm-hmm. And for what purpose? Like what is he covering? It's strange. Up? Yeah. yeah. What do you need so many sick and injured puppies to, to ex- cover up? Like to cover up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's a little it's very sinister. It's I feel like almost he, like Twilight Zone. I feel like he's a little bit that. I feel like uh, Poe's kind of that person who's like, if someone's this good, then something must be. They're hiding something. Well, yeah, because all of these characters are very realistic in that they're all very like they have flaws. Even Katza and Poe, who are you know, you know, they're our protagonists and we yeah. we love them. They have flaws, but then we hear like we have this person who's been built up helping all these animals and, and young children, and they're like, okay, something it does not smell right. Yeah. So um, all we know at this point is that they're about to journey to Monsi. Okay. And yeah. they're trying to figure out what's happening, one, to his aunt, 
who commissioned the kidnapping of his grandfather and for what purpose? And his cousin, because his aunt also brought his cousin into the room, and they've been locked up in that room for days, and no one can come in, and Except no one for goes out. they just allow food in, that's it. Yeah. And so he's also concerned for his cousin, too. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the whole... Uh, what do, Would you say that... Uh, I can't think of her name right now. Katza needs Poe? Or would you say that it's more like a co I don't think Katza needs anyone. I think that she could go live out in the woods or on a deserted island and be completely content in herself. I think Katza needs people. In what way? Just for companionship, because that would like that would be lonely just to live all alone. Like, yeah, we yeah. learn what her true grace is in the second half of the book. But, um, yeah, I feel but like she, she would be people. lonely. I definitely think she would be lonely, but I don't think she needs them. Yeah. I, I kind of disagree. I think that so far he has been, I don't think she would have been brave enough to leave on her own. She would have, I think she would have gotten left. out of the grasp of Randa, but I'm not sure she would have, I don't know, like she has this purpose with him. They're going together to find, um, figure out this whole thing with his grandfather. It gives her something to do. And I feel like we see with the whole council thing where she is trying to help all these people that she needs that purpose. I feel like she, I feel like that she doesn't need anyone, but in order to be the person she wants to be, she does need assistance. Yeah. Like, it depends on what you say mean by need. Like, yeah. does she need anyone to survive? No. Does she need anyone to, like, ex- like? Does she like to have someone? <laughs> yes. Would she like to have someone? Yes. She obviously enjoys yeah. Raffin's company. She enjoys Helda. Yeah. She's not. She just doesn't want the whole marriage thing. She doesn't want children. She just wants to be. She just wants to like do her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she spent her whole life under Randa's thumb, so it makes sense that with. Poe and his kind of overtures with her that she's resistant to that. She doesn't want to get underneath someone else's thumb. She doesn't want to be controlled by someone else. And that's why I feel like when he does reveal his grace to her, it's even more, like, it's even more crazy and almost like a betrayal to her than her finding out someone else she doesn't really know is a mind reader. Yeah. Because... She has let him into her life more than she's let really anyone into her life because even with Raffin, it's more of just like an intellectual thing. Yeah. But she's physically been fighting him. She's talked to him as like she's been he's been a confidant, and I feel like she probably is even like t- talks to him more than he she does to Raffin. Oh yeah. Only to be betrayed by so like the one person she's let into her life since Raffin since she was a child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have a great track record with people in her life, especially men. No. So yeah, especially yeah. men. I feel like she's she's not, she's not scared, but she's she's cautious because she sees how Gideon treats her. She's still kind of she's not on guard with all, but she's not super close to him. And I feel like he she had let her guard down just for Poe because she yeah. felt like this kinship with him with the fighting. Yeah, and because he seemed wise. 
And so she was not at all happy when he betrayed that trust. So um, I feel like this is very, as a young adult book, it's very important to the whole situation with Randa, the, the whole issue of adults and how to look at adults and power over you as a young adult. Because when she started fighting for him, um, being his little errand boy or whatever, uh, it seems like she was very young. I think she's still... I, we were talking about it earlier. How old do we think she is? She was eight. She, was she eight? Well, how old is she now is what I mean. Like, I believe uh, she's we, like 16. So she still is a young correctly. adult. She's still very yeah. young. Yeah. And yeah. So... Well, and it's not even that she is unable to control herself. She's also letting someone else take that power from her in order to hurt others. Yeah. Which, to me, is kind of an issue that we deal with it. We don't deal with it now, but as young adults, you deal with that. Um, you deal with the power struggle. Obviously, no one's making you hurt someone else, but I feel like as a young adult, you have all of these authority figures over you. You have teachers, you have parents, you have coaches, and pretty much any adult who looks at you wants to give you an order, it feels like. Yeah. So I feel like there's a point where you don't think you have any kind of agency or choice. Well, I feel like this takes up that issue in a way that's interesting because it doesn't... First of all, she doesn't... She does end up deciding to take control of her own life, but she also does so in a way that isn't as harmful to... Um, the people in power over her, even though that's an extreme situation where he's been forcing her to hurt She'd people. be very justified in hurting him. Exactly. But she's still... I feel like this show's a really good example of when to step up and say, I have to take this control for myself, even though I am young. But also, it shows her doing it in a really, like, I don't know, kind-hearted way, even though she's very firm about it. So it's not just the way she takes agency. It's not how she takes agency, but, like, the way she does it, how, like, what choices she makes in that process. Yeah. The fact that she thinks it through carefully before doing it and it makes a decision, not just an emotional decision on it. So do you think that the, the um, Kishore is trying to illustrate that you always have to think things through, or do you think there's certain things that you know instinctually? I think that... I thought when I was reading it that she was um, illustrating how young adults should be using their brains. They should be figuring out, is this right? Not blindly following adults, but also they should be, before taking any action, thinking very carefully through, how is this worth it? Is this that moment that I need to take that stand? And how do I do that? I can agree with that. <laughs> I definitely agree. And I think it's, it, of course, this is an extreme situation and it's not necessarily reminiscent of something that we, that, that any young adult would deal with, but it's, it's sort of like a mold that you can kind of see. Like we see cats uh, having, if you, if you just take it down to its roots, we have a young adult versus an adult who is wielding power in a way that is taking away agency. Well, so when you're dealing with like teachers and say a teacher is pressuring you or is like is talking to you about your life or your parents may not understand you as well as you wish they would, it's still your agency. Yeah. Well, it's choice. also he's not just controlling her. Um, he's also using she has the power 
but he's using that power mm-hmm. against others. And I feel like that kind of, that can apply to young adults in the way that um, you do have a certain amount of power, and you should be carefully considering how you use that instead of letting other people determine how that's to be used. Yes, you may not have superhuman strength or crazy abilities, but you still have your words, you still have your actions. What you do with your life is ultimately your choice. Um, So I feel like there's this question of agency doesn't just apply to these fantastic situations. Yeah, well, and I also, as far as just how this book can be applied, um, I also feel like we see a lot about how as a young woman, you can kind of do it. You can be powerful and strong, but also you can lean on others a little bit and be vulnerable, too. I she does like, that with Poe, I would say. I feel mm-hmm. like we try to teach young women, especially, that you have to be completely self-sufficient. There's that um, Virginia Woolf quote that you have to have a certain amount of money in a room of your own yeah. to be like a woman. Uh-huh. But you can you can rely on others. You don't have to be this just... So like this self-supporting monument of power. You can rely on people. You can make connections that yes. benefit you emotionally. And, I mean, just take advantage of... Appreciate, this book is pretty much saying, like, take advantage of those who are around you who want to support you. Yeah. Because you're almost never... I mean, even when you feel alone, you're almost never alone. Yeah. Well, and Even though Katza definitely feels like she's this this very, like, central figure who has no support, if you look at all the people who are supporting her, even you have all, and even Giddon is supporting her to some, like, extent, and Raffin, she has this very full network despite how she views herself. Yeah. Well, I think she takes advantage of that a lot, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. she goes ahead, like, she does rely on those people. She has them in her council, and she has all these advisors. And even... I feel like that's part of kind of the message that I saw in the book as well was she is young and she realizes that and she does listen to others and take their counsel as well, even though ultimately she has to make the decision on her own. I think this book also tries to illustrate that it's okay to be conflicted. Yeah. Because we can see in Casa that there's no right answer in some of these situations. She's in a very tough bind and she's having to think her way through things and there's not always like a picture perfect solution for everything and it's okay to not know what to do sometimes yeah Mm -hmm. and to feel confused about things I mean this is a superhuman character who honestly if she wanted to could just punch her way through everything (laughs) but she's still so conflicted morally and emotionally and it takes her so long to, even though she has the support from all the people around her, it takes her so long to, like, have that um, really deep emotional connection with another person. Yeah. Well, I also mm. feel like she's very relatable in the fact that she's kind of, like, as you said, confused. But right. not even, also about, like, relationships mm-hmm. and how she mm-hmm. wants to deal with other people. I mean, with Giddon, she's, like, totally floored when she realizes that he was into her, like... She did not expect that. She's mm-hmm. like, more friends, kind of. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then, like, all of a sudden, she's like, I feel like she was on the verge of, like, we're less than friends, and then goes straight to, like, he wants to be more than friends. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and she's so relatable in the fact that she's growing. Like, she's r- learning to be vulnerable and learning to be 
reliant on people because she's yeah. only had herself to rely on. Yes, she had all. Yes, she had Gidden, but that was basically only for her missions that Randa sent her on. Yeah, I don't really imagine her like having just a casual <laughs> cup of tea with them in the afternoons talking I mean, about I, life. I mean, I could see it with Ol. Maybe with Ol. But, but not with Gidden. But, oh my gosh, Gidden. I, I can't stand him. <laughs> no, um, but in growing up, we're taught to be self-sufficient and, yeah. and to be responsible. But now it's coming... As we get older, we're like, no, I gotta learn to lean on some people. I yeah. gotta learn to I ask for like, help. I feel like as you approach, especially in high school, when you approach graduation, you're expected to already have so many things figured out. Exactly. Yes. And then, <laughs> I mean, all of us are at least like three years into our college experience, and even we don't know what's going on. And yes. even we still have, have clue. <laughs> we have to rely on people so much to get through, and that's that's okay. Like we, yeah. you are always going to grow as a person, um, and that's it's important. Like if you just if you start out as this, you know, this monument, and you're you're okay with being alone, and you never grow. You're not really maturing. You're just staying yeah. at one like. Well, I like seeing level. in this book how she, she's like struggling to find that balance between mm-hmm. how do especially with Poe and the, as they travel together and they're getting closer like how do I deal with this how mm-hmm. do I get close without being vulnerable and I feel like that's very relatable that struggle of how how do you still behave in a strong way but without just shutting everyone out because she doesn't I feel yeah. like she doesn't want to be completely alone either even though she's very resistant to the idea of companionship it's still something she seeks, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that although she she wants companionship, but because no one has ever really, except for Raffin, no one has ever wanted or tried to be friends with her, she doesn't really have that kind of the, the necessary set of skills to yeah. go out and find friends. Mm-hmm. And everyone's terrified of her, so that makes right. it that much harder. Yeah. Well, I mean... Finding friends is always hard. Yes, and finding like, friends is always really difficult. <laughs> that's another thing that's relatable and kind of lets us, I don't know, feel more comfortable about that struggle is mm-hmm. in the book she doesn't even know where to begin making friends, I feel like. She has these built-in friends like Giddin and Raffin, but, you know, Giddin's kind of flawed. And I don't even think she probably, she didn't, Approach. She approached all first to for a business proposition, pretty much, yeah. and they slowly became just you know companions. And Raffin seems like he was the one that w- who approached her. Yeah. So I don't think that she's ever approached someone to try to be friends with him. And even with Poe, she doesn't approach him trying to be friends with him. He yeah. kind of it just kind busts of busts in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're fighting slowly, creeps in on her. Yeah. <laughs> he sways her slowly. Yeah. That um, that relationship to me is really fun to watch unfold. Yeah. I think we're all really excited to see how it continues in the second half. And um, any questions you want to address, um, just leave in the comments. Um, Hopefully we, we'll get to figure out um, who the villain is in the second half. And what's happening, because all we know yeah. is there is some injured kitten somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, we would um, really love to f- yeah. pose some questions ourselves. One, who's the villain? Two, 
what like what's the actual plot? We've gotten yeah. like this subplot that seems to be a, the door is closed on it. I mean, yeah. Randa is not in the picture anymore, but we don't know really where it's going. So what's mm-hmm. really going on here? It's mm-hmm. really turned into a mystery. You thought you had it all figured out with Randa, and now you're like, oh, there's another person? There's another yeah. person we have yeah. to look out for? So um, for our audience, make sure you tune back in. And remember, we are going from chapter 21 on, and we are only focusing on Graceling, cutting out fire, even though it's amazing. And we are going to have another segment coming to you soon. See you next time. Bye, guys.